This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to Mass Live's Eye on Foxborough podcast. I'm Karen Garigian, and it's my pleasure to welcome Patriots Hall of Famer Rodney Harrison to the show. Hello, Rodney. What's up, Karen? It's always good to catch up with you and hang out with you. How are you? I am doing much better than the Patriots <laughs> at 0-2. But you know what? I know I know you were there Sunday night working for NBC. And I know it's it's been your first time in the stadium since uh they put up that ginormous video board and that yes. huge lighthouse. What I want to know, how come they didn't let you ring the bell? Come on. <laughs> you know what? Um I have no idea, but the improvements that they made at you know at the stadium. They were tremendous, man. I walked up in there, it looked like a totally different stadium. And that's, you know, it just says a lot about Mr. Kraft. He's always keeping up with technology and, you know, always looking to improve um, aspects around the Patriots. Well, I know I know a lot of fans that would like him to spend that money on better players. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, what, what were your impressions uh, of what you saw on the field? I mean, I... I think the Dolphins' loss kind of mimicked the Eagles' loss in many ways in terms of the mistakes they made, getting off to a slow start, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, what did you see? I just I put it like this. Around the league, the first couple of weeks, you see a lot of those mistakes. You see a lot of um, sloppy football, and it's really not indicative. We keep saying it's a Belichick coach teams, but, you know, these players are younger, Um they have a new offensive coordinator. Mac Jones is learning a new system. You have new players. So it, it just takes time to incorporate everybody. It takes time for everyone to feel comfortable. I look at Mac offensively, and he seems like he's he's looking a lot more comfortable. Seems like he's buying into the system a lot more compared to last year. He just seemed like he was totally out of it last year. Um, so I think there's a lot of positive aspects. But the biggest thing, Karen, is that offensive line. It's just so inconsistent. And, you know, that's always been a staple of the Patriots, having a really good offensive line, being able to run the football. If you can't run the football and you're the Patriots, then you sit back and you wait for a quarterback that you, you're just not 100% sure can handle, you know, throwing the ball 50 times. And, you know, to, to take pressure off of them, you have to be able to run the football, use your play-action pass, which sets up so many other things. Yeah, well, again, that's kind of been – what it was the first two weeks they could not run uh obviously part of that is the uh on the offensive line but i think because of the, the offensive line and, and them having to have so many backups playing people injured so on and so forth i also think that's impacted bill o'brien's play calling um I, I think he's scheming it up not to get mac killed i mean you don't. We're not seeing uh, many, you know, dropbacks. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of the quick screen type of type of offense, and a, a lot of people actually said, "Gee, it, that kind of looks like Matt Patricia's <laughs> offense from last year." But I think, I think it's more 
Bill O'Brien trying to protect Mac. Because I mean, what, what else can he do? What else can he do? I mean, yeah. you know, you, you got you got pressure directly in your face, in the quarterback's face every time he steps back. What else can he do? You know what I'm saying? It's only so much you can do. You can have a list of a thousand plays, but if your offensive line, especially in the interior of that offensive line, if they can't handle those guys like Christian Wilkins and, um, you know, the pressure coming off the edge, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. I mean, it's only so much he can do as an offensive coordinator. But this is a time where he's learning about his players in real combat. It's one thing to see them in training camp and have structure against the defense, which, you know, you know what type of defense they're playing in practice. But in a game, you don't know. And you kind of adjust on the fly. And then it also takes time for Mac Jones, the quarterback, to get to know his receivers. Demario Douglas and Juju and Kendrick Bourne and all those things, you know, and get familiar with his tight end. So it's a lot and it's a lot that they can take from a positive standpoint. It's easy as a fan to sit back and say, oh, they're terrible. They can't do this. They can't do that. But it takes time to be a really good team and you have to be able to build that trust. And I think that's something where, you know, we may look at them from the outside and say how much they're struggling, but they can look at it and say, hey, man, we're, we're just a few you know, blocks here or a couple penalties of, um, you know, not having a holding penalty that go ends up as a big play. So I think there's a lot of positive that you can take from the Patriots. My guess is, speaking of Demario Douglas, uh, I'm guessing you weren't surprised uh, that after the fumble, we didn't see him again on the offense. I mean, he's done it. Bill's done it before with going back to Kevin Falk. You know, if you don't hold on to the football, um, Stephen Ridley, uh, you're going to sit. Um, it's just tough because the, the Patriots right now lack explosive playmakers. And I think Pop Douglas can be one of those players. So Karen, it's a tough Karen, call. Yeah. Karen, I don't agree. I didn't agree with Coach Belichick when he took the kid out because the kids. He's trying his best. He's making moves. And then, um, you know, the, the the defensive end, he comes out of nowhere. And it's not like he wasn't trying to protect the football. He was trying to make plays. You don't expect a 270-pound guy, 6'4", coming that's going to swipe the ball. When Ezekiel Elliott fumbled last week, I didn't see him getting taken out the game. You know, and this is a veteran player, a guy that has um, carried the ball thousands of times. And now all of a sudden, you know, established player in this league and then a rookie does it, he takes him out and, you know, you can you can really hamper a kid's confidence, especially a, a dynamic who I believe is going to be a very dynamic playmaker for the Patriots. I just didn't agree with him taking him out. I'm not the coach, but in that situation, if I'm coaching, I don't take him out. I, I, I let him stay in. I continue to feed him the ball and try to build up his confidence because he's going to be a good player, but taking him out, to me, that didn't I mean, what does that do other than mess with his confidence? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rodney. I, I know Bill is very principled, but as you said, Ezekiel Elliott fumbled the week before, and we saw him in that game plenty following it. So, And there's no question, and you and I have talked about this a bunch, you know, the Patriots lack playmakers. They lack, you know, those game changers, particularly on offense. And if you have a kid like Douglas, who, you know, has some of that playmaking ability, you know, taking him off the field isn't going to help you. No, not at all. And, um, you know, 
if you want to if you want to have an offense that scares people, you have to have a number one receiver. And that's something that they just don't have. Juju has never been a number one receiver for anybody. Kendrick Bourne is a solid player. He works hard. I like the excitement that he plays with, but he's not a number one. You know, Devontae Parker, he's not a number one. These guys are really, you know, they're they're good players and they'll do everything they can within their power to win. But when you're looking in those critical moments of the game and you need a guy that can draw double or triple c- coverage like a Tyreek Hill, do you have a, a Jalen uh, Waddle? You don't, they don't have that. And that's Neither. the thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, but that's the thing. If you have an offensive line that's struggling, you can't run the ball, and you don't have a number one receiver, you're going to struggle. And th- that's the reason why the Miami Dolphins offense is so good because they constantly put pressure on you. Okay, we need two guys to take away Tyreek Hill. Who's going to stop Jalen um, Waddle? Who's going to stop Braxton Berrios? And that's when those other guys, um, their contributions are so much more significant when you know when you have that number one and number two receiver that people are actually afraid of. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Let's uh, switch to what you saw with the defense. Obviously, uh, Bill schemed it up to take Tyreek Hill out. He dropped three safeties back uh, early. Uh, he played around with that a little bit, but I think Bill was intent on not letting he'll beat them he, he and maybe he thought that they couldn't beat the patriots without hill you know they held him to 40 yards they did a good job but waddle killed them and so did tua i thought yeah and it was one of those situations where you knew just having experience with coach belichick he was going to come out more with the bend but don't break kind of defense you know, whether daring you to run the ball consistently, being on those long 10 to 12 play drives um, or just come out and say, hey, we're going to play umbrella co- coverage, keep everything in front of us, rally back up and make the tackle. I think he tried a little bit of everything. The thing that really hurt them was Tua releasing the ball so quickly. You know, a lot of times you sit back and you see Miami. Miami is a ba- uh, offense based off of timing. And you see them drop back and wanting the big shots. But I thought Tua and I thought their offense was very patient, you know, um, getting rid of the ball quickly, which, you know, you saw the frustration in Matthew Judon and Uche and those defensive tackles, because every time, as no matter how hard they're working to get after the quarterback, the ball is gone. So now you start to reach the third and fourth quarter. You get frustrated. Guys start to try to do their own thing. And the ball's coming out so fast, you know, it's it's very difficult. So I thought, you know, the game plan, I wish the interior of the defensive line would have done a better job um, stopping the run. At times, you can't double team somebody all the time, maybe adding that extra safety in the box and see if that could have helped stop the run and some of those big plays by uh, Mostert. Um, but it's one of those things where you kind of pick your poison. You know, do you want to give up the big play? You can't have three plays of 50-plus yards like – they had against the Chargers, the Dolphins had against the Chargers. Um, so overall, I thought the defense played solid. But, you know, just looking at the team, the team fought and gave themselves a chance to win in the fourth quarter. And that's what Bill wanted. He wanted to make it an ugly game. You know, they had a block. Um, was it a block field goal? Yep. Um, so they did some positive things. Like I said, Karen, everyone looks at the record and say, oh, the Patriots are bad. They're this, they're that. But there's a lot of positive that you can take away from um, those two losses. Yeah, and I think one of those uh, 
was a performance of Christian Gonzalez. Um, you know, two weeks in, you know, he's held up pretty well against these high-powered offenses and receivers. And at one point, I think um, when Marcus Jones went out, they basically – I know they played a ton of zone, but I think at one point they basically said, okay, Christian, you take Tyreek Hill and we'll give you safety help over the top. And, uh, I mean, I thought he handled himself pretty well. Yeah, that's that's a rookie going against – you know, one of the top two or three receivers and probably the most explosive playmaker in all the NFL. You know, there's a reason why he's, he's making $30 million a year. And I thought Christian handled himself well. I thought he grew up in a hurry. I mean, you think about having that huge pass interference, I mean, pass deflection, had a sack. Then he comes back, you know, this past Sunday and has an interception, a big, huge interception, a great play on the football you know, 90% of the times when those ball, those balls are thrown in the air, Tyreek Hill comes down with it. And for him to go up there, reach it at the highest point and make that play, I thought that was tremendous. And they've got a really good player, and he's going to continue to get more comf comfortable. You know, I felt like at times in the first week against Philly, he was kind of just filling out his way, trying to, you know, he yeah. might have played a little too careful at times. But now – He's starting to believe his eyes, kind of believe what he sees, and he's playing a lot more aggressive, and I like it. You and I uh, also talked heading into the game about, you know, this might be a, a game where they really miss Devin McCourty uh, in, in the deep safety role, and, um, you know, mostly because of how well he communi communicates with the defense and gets everyone set and gets everyone in the right place. Uh, they had multiple safeties out there deep and so on and so forth. How did you see that uh, play out? Well, just remember, there's only one Devin McCourty and Devin is a, you know, he's an ex excellent um, player. You know, he has experience defending Tyreek Hill. Like you talked about, he's a great communicator. And I think something that he doesn't get enough credit for is, I mean, this is a former cornerback. So he's an excellent cover safety. You know, and when you get a guy that can come out the middle and, and you know, just show all the different disguises and moving around and making sure everybody's – yeah, they you definitely miss a guy like Devin McCourty, but you have to move on because you can't tell me Kyle Duggar, um, Jabril Peppers, Adrian, all those guys can cover as well as Devin. No, Devin was there for a long time for a reason because he had it all as a safety. So you move on. I thought those safeties, are, you know, they're doing a good job. Um, Jabril, he's being aggressive. Kyle has been his normal, very versatile self. And um, they just got to keep working, man, to get some of those younger corners healthy. Mm. Well, Rodney, at, at 0-2, uh, a lot of people see the sky is falling. 0-2 teams don't usually make the playoffs. But I actually wrote uh, that, you know, we, we don't need to bury them just yet. Uh, first of all, because of what's happening in the division, but then you, you see other teams like the chargers and, and Bengals starting out own two. So, I mean, I think they can write the ship and get back into it. You know, I'm not going to guarantee they're going to make the playoffs, but I, I don't think the season's over by any means. Uh, just Aaron, it's just, super. It's just dumb. It's dumb for fans to sit there and say that. It's just stupid. I mean, if, if you know anything about Coach Belichick, you know every single week, I don't care what the record is, 
they're going to fight and claw, and they've given themselves a chance to win against two good teams back-to-back. Both of these teams should be in the playoffs that they lost to. These are good football teams, and I just I don't get it. You know, you bury a team after a couple weeks. I mean, obviously there's a learning curve, just like Christian Gonzalez being a young player. There's a learning curve on defense as well. You're trying to figure out what you have on defense, what you have on offense. It's early. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They look terrible. Their quarterback, Joe Burrow, he looks terrible. You know, at, he looks like he's not 100% healthy. He's dealing with knee, calf issues. So at any point in time, the season can change. We saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers. We know that Josh Allen runs around like he's a madman. Anything can happen at him at any point. So, you know, why would you, you know, bury a team? And, and those are a lot of people that want the here and now. And a lot of times when you play football, it's not about the here and now. It's about the long-term journey, and they just got to keep fighting. Well, Rodney, your teams uh, set the tone and, and spoiled people around here. You know, six championships uh, in two decades and nine or ten Super Bowl appearances. I mean, I think, you know, fans aren't used to a team that's kind of in the middle trying to get better. You know, because you've you've been at they've been at the top for for such a long time. Um, but as I said, I agree with you. I don't I don't think uh, it's as grim as people are imagining it at zero and two. And then guess what? They get the Jets coming up <laughs> this weekend, and and they've beaten them fourteen straight times. It would be would have been nice to see uh, Aaron Rodgers there. But um, what do you make of the Jets without him? <laughs> um, I don't think they're very good. <laughs> yeah. We saw that last week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're a playoff team without Aaron Rodgers, and just really the hope that he brings. You know, when you've been on when you've been on a bad team for a long time, and I played on a really bad team, but we had the number one defense, the worst offense in the league, but the number one defense in the league, and it's frustrating. And the key for them is, as a defense, you keep going out there playing well, you keep. And then all of a sudden you see the offense interception, fumble, three and out, three and out. And you just want to guard away from pointing fingers, you know, because Zach, he talks about, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Man, just go out there and play. You got to play football. And if he can't get it done for your team, you have to go out there and trade for someone. Go out and get a Teddy Bridgewater or a bridge quarterback until next year, until you figure it out. But it just looks like this kid is scared to death. He's got the weight of the world on him. He's playing in New York, the most scrutinized media market in the world. And I I don't think it gets any better. I think it just continues to go until they make a change. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, we'll see. But I think it's a it's potentially a get right game for the Patriots. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's at the Meadowlands. Uh but you know they they seem to have the Jets numbers, and uh, I would I would say they're going to right the ship next week. And with that, Rodney, I thank you so much for joining me. Um, perhaps we'll have you on again someday. And I just wanted to say as well that uh, having known you as long as I have, I've learned so much about the game. You know, just from our conversations, and I really appreciate that. Karen, don't think that for a moment that I don't learn the game from you as well. You helped me <laughs> with my preparations last week with the Patriots and just, 
you give me a different outlook, you give me a different view. And when sometimes when I'm too emotional, you're like, okay, Rodney, chill, look at it this way. So you keep me balanced and I appreciate you and I look forward to um, being with you again. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.